Welcome to the Prep Huddle podcast from KJ Pilcher alongside the Gazette's Jeff Linder and Jeff Johnson. Getting ready for the all-class uh, round of 16. We had some playoff uh, games kind of start up in the small classes last week, and now everybody's uh, in the postseason. Guys, uh, you know, now it's win or go home. Uh, for all these teams, um, it's what's everybody everybody's been looking for all year long, right? No more, no more mathematical formulas to try and figure out. Uh, let's go, right? LFG, as the kids say. Now, <laughs> my only question is: Is there any way that Linmar and Prairie can play next week <laughs> at John Wall Field again? That would be Groundhog Day, right? Isn't wasn't that the movie that uh, with Bill Murray in it? Well, I think you, I think you've touched on my lead. No matter what happens uh, uh, on Friday out at John Wall Field, but yeah, so we have the pairings and everything um, for all the classes here in the round of uh, round of sixteen last week. Like we kind of mentioned, um, you know, the uh, final. Week for the big classes, the first round of the postseason for uh, the smaller classes. Uh, you guys want to start with uh, week nine for 5A, 4A, and 3A, or do you want to jump into the playoff uh, games in the smaller classes? Um, let's uh, let, let's get the bigger classes out of the way, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll filter our way down. Well, a couple things that uh, I, I guess really kind of stand out um, here. Um, you know, Jeff uh, Johnson, let's start with you. Might as well get into it. Linmar and Prairie, that was kind of the marquee matchup last week. Um, heck of a game uh, that you got to cover. Uh, just talk a little bit about that. And, of course, uh, you know, we're going to run it back again here on Friday because of the way things fell out. But uh, give us uh, give us a little rundown on how uh, Linmar Prairie won um, went down last Friday at uh, John Wall. The original Star Wars? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, sure. I got gotcha. you. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, – I mean, it was a it was a well contested game, you know, and Linmar um, Linmar won it. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's that's obvious by the scoreboard, but uh, you know, just I thought played really really good defense. Both teams played, you know, pretty good defense, and you know, game kind of flipped. Really, it was uh, I think fifteen. Trying to remember, fifteen thirteen. I think. Um, at halftime in favor of Linmar. And then, um, you know, Prairie was uh, supposedly punting from, you know, pretty deep in its own territory, about the 30, early in the third quarter. And the Prairie punter kind of pulled what Tory Taylor did last week uh, for Iowa in the Ohio State game was thought he saw some uh, an opening to get the first down and um, took off with it, didn't get the first down. That led to a, you know, great field position for Lemar and a touchdown 
shortly thereafter by Carter Henderson and a two score spread. And, you know, guys, I mean, it's, uh, that was, that was kind of it. I mean, when, when Prairie gets behind by a couple scores, I like guess it's, it's more difficult to, uh, for them to, to kind of come back. And that was, uh, that was really kind of the turning point in the game to me, but you know, Lamar played really good defense and, um, you know, played physically, which I think was the, one of the things that coach Tim Lovell said he was most proud of. And, uh, you know, after all that, um, you know, the emotion of a big victory and securing your spot in the playoffs officially, now you get to go and do it all over again in exact, exactly the same stadium. So, you know, Jeff, I, you know, I, we did the four downs guys and we all, I can't say you probably hit it on the head the best, you know, I mean, it's, Jeff was Jeff was pretty nonplussed about it. I was a little more uh, incredulous about why it had to happen. And kids, it was like, man, eh, you know, I understand both sides. It happened. They're playing again. Probably not right, but you know, life goes on. Yada yada yada. So I don't know. Yeah, and, and I, you know, the thing is, I tried to be as politically correct as possible um mainly because i don't want to make it sound like this has anything to do against prairie right you know they are the spot to win i mean that or to host you know what i mean so it's not like well this shouldn't be happening because of something that is is a you know that might shine poorly on prairie but the fact is and I'm going to burn some bridges here probably. So, Nathan, you may need to do a, a <laughs> editing job here. But you can't tell me this couldn't have been avoided. Right? Human element. They, they even admit that there is a there is some human element that is considered when they do this. That's why we don't have Sioux City East going to Pleasant Valley. And that's kudos to the association. That's smart. Also, and this is what's going to get me in trouble, but you can't tell me that this was Dowling and Valley that we would have the same situation. You know, I know they played maybe quarterfinals and let's face it, once you get out of the first round, you're not going to be able to avoid that. So if you had the same situation in the quarterfinals, so be it, you know, tough luck if you're going back to to Prairie for the third time, which uh, if I counted right, Limar's going to have three games at John Wall Field this year. That's more than they have in their own stadium. Obviously, some of that was because of the, you know, field turf. But how many times does that happen um, that you're playing in uh, somebody else's stadium more than your own in a season um, when it's not derecho related? Um, but anyway, that's what's going to get me in trouble saying something like that. That if these were two Central Iowa teams that had played. You know, week nine. Maybe they could have even done something. I I don't know. 
Um, it, it made more sense to send Lindmar to Kennedy. You yes. Know? Yes. It made and more sense to send Lindmar. You're, you know, the human element thing, right? You know, you're altering it just a little bit. It's not going to make that big of a difference. It's not like all of a sudden you're sending Lindmar to Southeast Polk for the first round. Right. You know? I, I don't know. I I just really think it shows maybe a little bit of an attitude towards um, certain areas. I just, I, I found it illogical. And that's going to get me in trouble. It's going to get me, I'm sure I'm going to get snide comments from people at, a, at the Unidome uh, when we cross paths with the powers that be, but I have a lot of respect for those guys. Don't get me wrong. I just think they did. I just think there was something that could have been avoided here that they just decided not to. And, you know. Nobody would have complained. Can I hop in for a second? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, final RPIs. 5A final final RPIs. You know, if you go by the 7 plays 10, Eight plays nine, fine. And, and uh, go ahead and do whatever you want for the for geography to make life a little bit more easy for the, the teams on the coasts, if that's what you want to call it. So Cedar Falls was five. Johnson was six. Prairie was seven. They flip-flop Johnson and Cedar Falls so that Johnson is five and Cedar Falls is six. But why don't they flip all three of them? Because Prairie beat Johnston, which beat Cedar Falls, right? No. Cedar Falls beat Johnston. Cedar Falls beat Johnston. And Johnston oh. beat Prairie. Okay, so. Oh, no. Johnston beat Kennedy. I'm sorry. Okay. So I think in the original ones was Johnston five and Cedar Falls six, and then they flipped them. Boy, I that that I'm not sure about. I want to say that the, the final numbers were Johnson five, Cedar Falls six, Prairie seven. And, and if that's not the case, then I, I think okay. So Johnson five, Cedar Falls six, Prairie seven. Okay. Cedar Falls went ahead of Johnston because they beat Johnston in the regular season. Right. Uh, Prairie went up to Cedar Falls and beat Cedar Falls. Yep. So why don't they just transpose the three? Prairie is five. Cedar Falls is six. Johnston seven because Prairie beat Cedar Falls, which beat Johnston. So Go ahead. No, finish your finish your thought. If, if you do that, then all this is avoided. Yeah. And so, I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, too. Because I was just very critical of the pairing that they made. Right. Then when you do that, we're in kind of one of my points in the um, in the four downs that we have at the Gazette.com. If you guys want to read that, um, where does the wh where when do you close the can of worms when when that happens? Right. You know when when do you stop juggling? Then then you're in more of a. Uh, you know, and let's let's face it. Let's let's. This is a system in place, right? Mm -hmm. It was by the book. Yeah. Now the question is, 
could they have altered the book given the specific circumstance? Maybe, but they chose not to. I think that's yeah, and, and maybe that's the maybe if they do that, then maybe they need to say before the season the IHSAA reserves the right to, you know, to to make minor adjustments. Yeah, I don't I don't well, think that that caveat's in there. So I don't. Now no, here's here's a different situation. Would it be such a big deal if we have a rematch, but it's in a neutral field, too? You know what I'm saying? What if we had a doubleheader at Kingston? You know, Prairie hosts the neutral field. You're still a host, so home team. Technically, it's on the west side of town. Lindmar's coming to you, but, you know, Lindmar just beat you at your place. What, you know, is it is it a, is it as big a deal if it becomes a neutral site instead? Who does this favor this week? I, I think it favors Prairie. Oh, big time. Big time. Absolutely. Uh, uh, 100%. Um, I mean, statistically, those two teams were, you know, the, the difference was negligible. Um, they're close teams uh, as far as quality, in my opinion. Uh, you guys have seen them both, uh, you know, I think this year as well. So, um I mean, I too, I truly believe it's hard to beat the same team twice, right? In the same year when you're that close together and <laughs> to have to do it on that team's home field twice in two weeks. I mean, that, uh, yeah, I don't know that that was very fair to, to Lidmar, but I don't know anything. So sorry, sorry if I'm beating a dead horse here too. Okay. Can we get back to how they finished up seven and 10 and Linda, you're you have a really good grasp on this kind of stuff, but they both end up six and three. Mm -hmm. Is it essentially strength of schedule that ends up being the difference between seven and seven and ten? Yeah. Um yeah, it does. Uh I'm just kind of looking back here. Uh Prairie. Prairie's um, opponents were 48 and 33. Lindmar's were 44 and 37. Uh, Prairie's opponents, opponents, uh, actually, Lindmar had a slight advantage there. Um, so they had the same amount of points in the team record. Um, Prairie scored about 500 more points in the opponent's records. Lindmar gained back um, about 100. 30 in, in the back end of it. So uh, Prairie actually uh, leapfrogged over Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy was seven and two. Prairie jumped over them because Kennedy's performance record was not very good. And uh, Milwaukee Northwest actually hopped ahead of Lindmar. So I do have the RPIs up, but actually um, this kind of uh, goes with my argument that uh, Cedar Falls, Hop Johnston, because they beat Johnston. Johnston's uh, record was, or Johnston's uh, RPI was actually better. So Cedar Falls hopped Johnson. Johnston because they beat Johnston. But because of that, Prairie didn't have an opportunity to hop Cedar Falls because Cedar Falls was already ahead of Johnston. So does that make any sense? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Okay. It just, I don't know. I just have, I just have a hard time kind of looking at kind of a three spot difference when they're both in the same district, right? Uh, that uh, the games out of district, um, well, not out of district, but, uh, you know, they both played Pleasant Valley. Uh, Linmar played uh, Iowa City Liberty, which is a top 10 3A team. So it's not like, you know, maybe that game against Muscatine was kind of uh, – the difference when it comes to the strength of schedule. Let me take a look at their schedules. I've got, I'm going to call uh, Linmar up first. So yeah, Muscatine, they beat Muscatine and, right. and they beat Jeff. So Jeff was 09. That hurts. Uh, Davenport Central's was one and eight. So those were some games, some teams they played that weren't very good. Prairie, uh, Prairie's worst opponent, they had a couple of three and six teams in Bettendorf and Waterloo West. So I guess that's it. And, you know, that's that's no fault of Linmar. Linmar doesn't put their schedule together. The state does that's, that. That's so. why I kind of wondered. Yeah. You know, so kind of a victim of circumstance. There. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe, maybe if they have a tougher schedule, they don't go six and three. Maybe they go five and four, and, and that takes care of that. That, that, yeah. Now you're dealing with a lot of uh, hypotheticals that yeah. you just don't have an answer to, and you know, kind of tempering it a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's a system. There, there's no perfect system, right? That's correct. You know, and people in Boone are going to catch how they're damned if they do, damned if they don't with certain things. Um, you know, and this is one of one of the uh, one in a hundred situations that's going to pop up that, um, you know, they might not have to face again for, you know, a dozen years or whatever. And when it does come back up again, they're not, it's not going to be something that you readily think, Oh, we're going to end up sending the team back to the same spot where they won week nine, you know? Yeah. So it's not a common situation, but it's still just there's still just a feeling of, you know, if they really wanted to, if they really wanted to, they could have avoided it. They could have they could have changed it. But you know, then again, talking out both sides of my mouth here, give them a little bit of uh you know, kind of give them out, where do you stop then? You know. You start making I exceptions. I guess I would complain and bitch and moan at the IHSAA if I had a better solution. I don't. So I, I, trust, I trust, you know, I trust the, the RPI. Uh, it's not ideal. Go play again, boys. No, that's that's one of my hobbies. I bitch <laughs> and bring up problems, and then when it's time for solutions, I go find the something else to do so anyway so we uh, solved it. We, we just solved this problem didn't we okay maybe not maybe not maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure people will let us know. Uh, <laughs> but, and that's. Uh, hey, that's that's cool too. Um, so anyway, um, kind of going back. Uh, you know, one of the other uh, things that kind of stands out. You know, Kennedy did win. They beat uh, Dubuque Hempstead 41 nothing. So they're going to host uh, this first round uh, against Waukee Northwest. Um, you know, so that's kind of an interesting matchup uh, Friday at Kingston. But, uh, you know, Kennedy looked uh, really, really good against Hempstead uh, there. Um, Donovan Slick Driscoll, uh, big game for for. Kennedy, uh, Vincenzo, Gianforte um, did a good job throwing the ball. Uh, Michael Mulhern, um, you know, Cyrus Courtney, uh, they had some big – connected on some big plays Thursday night, and their defense uh, looked rock solid against Hempstead. Um, so we'll see Kennedy in uh, uh, Waukee Northwest at Kingston uh, in the first round here. Um I guess one of the other notables, uh, Xavier closed off their um, unbeaten regular season uh, in dominant fashion over Oskaloosa, which isn't uh, a surprise. But the the rest of that district and the way that played out, Cedar Rapids, Washington going down to Pella and Pella winning. Um, however, Washington's still able to get um, and jumping, we mentioned Cedar Falls and Johnston and all that jazz. Uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington works in their favor, beating Marion in the regular season, leapfrogging the Wolves for that number 16 spot. Weird, and those two playing teams playing really early in the year, and uh, you know, if they played right now, I'm I don't think we'd have the same outcome if, if Marion and, and Cedar Rapids Washington were playing this week. But yeah, it just kind of turned that runner up spot uh, a little wacky. Um, Washington could have uh, earned, its, earned its spot uh, uh, as being the runner up had they won at Pella, right? Um, even with Newton winning. But Newton won, Pella won. That made it a three-way tie. Newton ends up being the runner-up. Washington coming in number 17. Uh, Marion, which beat Waterloo East 42-13 to finish 5-4. and four. And even though they're not getting into the playoffs, uh, guys, what, what is your take on what the Wolves were able to accomplish um, this season? JJ, you saw – I didn't see him this year, uh, so I'll defer to you on this. But I'd say it was a season of really, really good progress for Marion. Yeah, and I saw that Washington-Marion game, and it was not close. Uh, Washington was clearly the better team. Uh, but, you know, Marion Marion rebounded, right? I mean, that's – and you got to give the a ton of credit to those kids because, I mean, we're talking well, – they won one game last year, right? One game. Um, the season didn't start out well. It just seemed all turned around when they beat Benton, right? Um, you know, put it together for that game and 
uh, you know, that was a huge win and, uh, you know, and then they, they took care of, of, uh, what, uh, I beat the core, which, you know, was, was down this year. And I'm trying to think who else to beat Mason city, um, you know, beat Mason city and, you know, took care of water Luis last week. So, I mean, I give those, give those kids credit for hanging in there. Um, when, you know, things were bad last year and they didn't start, they started out bad this year. So, uh, yeah. You know. And I know we've talked about it, uh, couple times in the past but kudos to coach Joyner and his staff because it sound it sound sounded like after those first two weeks and going into that Benton game they made some uh not necessarily personnel changes but uh schematic changes that hey we're gonna I think that's when Moda moved to more of a right back yeah um but they, they decided, hey, we need to change something else to match uh, what we can do um, and the skill of our guys. And that's not easy for coaches, you know. Um, I know coaches have used the same playbook for decades. <laughs> um, and you just plug in personnel and try to run the same stuff. Some years it works, some years it doesn't. Um, but you keep trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole um, and give them credit for adjusting. And I think that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, the effort that they had and then the coaching change uh, or the changes the coaches made, not coaching change. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, why they got to where they're at. and on the cusp of making the playoffs, which, you know, uh, still doesn't damper, uh, I think the success that they had. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, you look at the, I know every, the playoffs is everybody's goal, but they're, they're going into the off season, I think with a pretty positive vibe. Right. And I don't know, you never assume anything, but you know, they, they would have ended up playing Xavier and, uh, more likely than not would have lost and probably lost quite handily. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's in a way for the future of the program, maybe it's better, uh, yeah. a more, a little more in a, in a cockeyed sort of way, a little more of a positive vibe, you know, going in the next season, maybe not. Uh, in, uh, also in class four, a, um, Iowa city Liberty Liberty is going to be a sneaky, good team. Keep an eye out for, Lightning, Graham Beckman uh, threw for 268 yards, four touchdowns against Clinton. Uh, Lucas Meyer hauled in four passes for 100 of those yards and two of those touchdowns from Beckman. That's going to be a team that, uh, you know, um, I know there's kind of a big three there in 4A uh, a little bit with uh, Lewis Central and Xavier and Waverly Shellrock, but, boy, the Lightning – uh, is kind of in that that group uh, that certainly could be party crashers, couldn't they? Yeah, oh, probably, I think probably one of about half a dozen teams that uh, that uh, yeah that uh, absolutely could 
Um, spoiler party, like you said. Um, who's the fourth team? Who's the fourth kind of top seed? Is it Carlisle? Wouldn't it be Carlisle because they're in the. Uh, who's who's the other uh, pod favorite? Let's see. It'd be Xavier Waverly. Carlisle and Liberty are together in pod D. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they Lewis, both first yeah. round games and could face each other in the quarterfinals. Okay, and that would be at North Liberty, right? I think Northern Liberty's the higher. I'm sorry, I think I'm City Liberty's the higher seed. They're four and five. Could be. So yeah, um, I look at you know that Western Dubuque North Scott game, guys. First round. Uh, look out for both of those teams. Maybe even moving forward. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it, Waverly obviously is a, is a tremendous team, but. Um, you never know. <laughs> those are two really good teams that are playing well. And uh, maybe they could, one of those could, could be a party crash or, you know, kind of this thing. North, as well. Scott, North Scott seven and two and their uh, two losses are to Xavier and Liberty. And yeah. Liberty was a team that they were ahead with 10 minutes to go. And uh, the lightning struck twice. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, it. Uh, I got you. I got it. Uh, to to pull out a win there, so um, yeah, you know, we asked for sleepers to get to the dome and kind of overlook maybe North Scott a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, and then three uh, uh, A uh, Mount Vernon uh, closed off uh, or closed out their unbeaten regular season the first time since two thousand two. Uh, I think we talked Monday just briefly. That seems a little surprising, uh, given some of the teams that they had um, during that stretch. That uh, this is the first time uh, they've gone nine and zero since two thousand two. So yeah, it's really hard, really <laughs> hard to believe. Um, but then, then again, they lost nineteen in a row to Solon. So that uh, you know, I think that's probably a <laughs> winner. I wonder how many of those years they went eight and one or, you know, probably a lot of seven and twos in there, but uh, uh, I would say Mount Vernon's one of, one of my biggest surprises this year. I don't think I had them in the top 10 to start the season. I'm not sure we did as a group. Were they, uh, they, and those Solon and Mount Vernon were in separate classes a number of those years, right? Was yeah. Solon a higher class, like three, a two, a before or whatever it was before they, uh, mm -hmm. Where they changed all this to 5A. So, yeah, uh, I think so. And uh, I think there were some years that they were made of the same class, but in different districts. So, yeah, um, like this year. So, yeah. yeah. And they could meet again. They could meet right again the second round, couldn't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And do you guys want to hear what my top 10 uh, was to start the, start the season in 3A? Which did you not bet. include did not include Mount Vernon. Just looking it up here, uh, and again, this will show how much I don't know. But uh, Harlan, Solon, Sergeant Bluff, Luton. Which, um, yeah, there's a miss there. Uh, Boyden Hall, Rock Valley, another miss. Then I had West Delaware Independence, Assumption, which turned out not to be a real great choice. Then Nevada, Humboldt, and ADM, which um, played a little bit better than that. But, yeah, so Mount Vernon was a team that uh, 
Boy, we we certainly didn't have our finger on the pulse of that one, but kudos to the Mustangs and what they've been able to do. And uh, that offense has been uh, light out, lights out pretty much since week three. Mount Vernon did not receive votes in our preseason poll. Wow. Yeah, well, we we missed oh, we missed one, that boys. one. <laughs> we, missed, we were we were filling out. Uh, we were filling out our preseason or three A poll and with Braille, I think. Um, we did get a lot of them right, though. We yeah. missed on Mount Vernon. We missed on Sergeant Bluff. But uh, other than that, we didn't miss a lot. Well, let's see. It's not so bad. Um, and then of course there were the playoffs started for small classes uh, last week. Uh, 2A, 1A. Uh, Linder, you and I were at uh, a pair of uh, single A or just A, class A games. Um, Excuse me. And uh, both uh, not a surprise who won, obviously, but uh, East Buck dominant. Um, what was uh, what was your impression uh, when you left? Winthrop. Um, a lot of guys with a lot of blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. So they dyed their hair blonde, and those those guys that had beards like Cody Fox, they dyed those black. Um, oh, really? yeah. So does have a kind of a swashbuckler uh, look to yeah. it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I guess, I guess he's starting with his black and gold now. Uh, a couple yeah. years before he goes to Iowa. Um, uh, all, um, bad attempts at humor aside, they were, uh, they were really good. Um, ran for 444 on 55 carries, uh, passed the ball once. That was a 31 yard completion. Uh, the defense was good. Uh, they were, they were young men against, against, uh, against Lisbon. They were just. They're a better team. I don't think they turned it over. Yeah, that was at Albernet. Uh, Albernet uh, hosted Bellevue. Uh, you know, and Bellevue was a team that had won two in a row. Even though they they entered the game four and four, they had won two in a row and won three of their last four. So they were on a little bit of a uh, high coming in. And, of course, they kind of punched Albernet right in the mouth uh, out of the gates. Um, drove the ball down. Uh, Want to say they went about uh, 75, 80 yards on the first series, scored a touchdown. Um, then it was a three and out. You saw Albernet make uh, some mistakes, like a, a punt snap went over the punter's head into the end zone. They ran it out to about the 11. Uh, and then there was a turnover on downs, and Bellevue scored again. Um, you know, Jaden Baskin had uh, two five-yard uh, touchdown runs there. Put him up 13-0. But then finally, once Albernet kind of got a, a – they forced the three and out and got the ball back. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of felt like a collective kind of uh, exhale. Like, okay, we're, we're back in it. And then they just 
went off for 28 straight points. Um, you know, Mason neighbor finally kind of starting, started to get in a rhythm. Um, he finished with, uh, 278 yards and four touchdowns. Um, the, the one thing that, you know, and then their defense really, um, stiffened up. Uh, the one thing that I really liked out of Albernet was when they, they forced Bellevue to punt out of their end zone like two series in a row and had really short fields. They didn't kind of sit around and decide to pound the ball. They had prime field position, and they kind of went for the jugular, as you say, right? Um, and you saw, um, I believe it was uh, uh, a deep pass to Grayson Carolyn for like a 35-yard uh, touchdown pass, and then Brody Neighbor took kind of a short pass the next series um, and went 21 yards uh, for a touchdown um, on the first play of scrimmage right after getting those short fields. So they, you know, they had their foot on the pedal and they're going full speed ahead. Um, kind of like that type of play calling. And it sure worked out, helped them put up 28 points in the second quarter. And they never looked back after that. Uh, ended up winning 38-27 uh, um, with the teams exchanging uh, uh, scores in the second half. But um, now you got a rematch, East Buck at Albernet that uh, East Buck won. I happened to be at Albernet for that one in the regular season. And that was a close game through three quarters. And East Buck kind of pulled away. Um, took advantage of a couple uh, Albernet mistakes. So uh, you got two teams that are eight and one um, going at it here in the round of 16 with the winner um, getting the winner of uh, Grunny Center and Columbus Community, who we all know Columbus Community, Albernet, their week nine thriller uh, that ended in overtime, 31-30 um, or something like 32-31. Uh, something like that. So four really, really good uh, teams there in that pod. So is that expanding? Uh, I was just going to say, um, is that a candidate for our group of <laughs> You know, uh, looking at, uh, you know, this week's round of 16, is there a pod in one of the classes that uh, could kind of fit that bill? Just kind of looking here, the one with uh, Newell Fonda, Don Bosco, Glamour Grindbeck, and Turkey Valley is pretty good. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty – kind of look at uh, one in uh, 1A – where you got pot A, where you've got Western Christian, Appleton, Parkersburg, Carol Kemper, and West Sioux. Yeah, that's um, a good one. That's a, that's a pretty darn uh, good one. And then um, then in Class A as well, um, you know, I know you got Hinton at 6-3 and three who plays at HMS, but you've got HMS, Galen, Woodbury Central. Um, in pod A, in pod C, you've got East Buck, Albernet, Columbus Community, and Grundy Center, which I think are, you know, four, I think, 
those two pods, you've got four teams that are really close. Maybe not the high, you know, the high end like you had with Western Dubuque, Xavier, North Scott, and and Washington that year. But when you think about how close those teams are comparatively, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I'd say ordinarily I would have said the uh, the pod B in Class A with Newman, North Lynn, Wapsie Valley, and West Hancock. Um, you know, there's some tradition there. There's four, seven and two is the worst record. Um, but I guess the cat's out of the bag now as far as North Lynn's concerned with, with Tate Hoggenberry being out with mononucleosis. Um, that's their best player, unfortunately. And Lynx were able to win the first round game handily and face a stiff contest here, obviously, this week against uh, a good Mesa City Newman team. So, um, You guys can find the pairings. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have a link to the, the pairings, and they're at the IHSAA site. Uh, so we're not going to go through all of them. Just to go down our area teams, if that's okay with you guys. Um, you've got six-ranked Waukee Northwest at Cedar Rapids Kennedy. You've got number eight, Linmar, at uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie. Number nine, Iowa City High at number six, uh Johnston uh that interesting game interesting game uh to kind of kick off that uh with the winner probably getting Ankeny I would guess um with a, a birth to the Unidome uh at stake uh class 4A we talked about how the Warriors uh jumped the Wolves for number 16 and and their reward for that is playing at Saints Field uh, they've got number three, Xavier, out of the gate. Um, Western Dubuque, uh, they've, uh, you know, really have uh, – they've gone five and one in their last six games. They had only lost coming to number two, Waverly Shell Rock. Um, but Western Dubuque has number seven, North Scott, um, in the first round. And then Iowa City Liberty uh, hosting number 10, Webster City. Um Coming, to, coming down to North Liberty. Webster City came down to Xavier last year. Um, so now they're making the trip a little further down uh, 380 um, to face the Lightning first round. A lot of purple going on uh, that Friday uh, <laughs> night. Um, in Class 3A, we've got uh, Pod B just filled with uh, three area teams. You've got Mount Vernon, uh, ranked number two, hosting number 10, DeWitt Central, or Central DeWitt, sorry. And then number nine, West Delaware at number five, Solon. Uh, we'll be talking about that Solon-Mount Vernon rematch uh, next week, which certainly, certainly will highlight the list of games if that come, plays out. Uh, then Pod C, you've got Benton Community, six and three, at uh, third-ranked Independence, nine and one. Uh, the winner there possibly getting number six, Humboldt, um, in the quarters. In Class 2A, Williamsburg. Uh, we talked about some of the unbeaten teams. Williamsburg and 2A is one of them. Uh, they host Mid Prairie, Centerville at Monticello. Uh, then you've got Crestwood at Wacon. Uh, that could be kind of an interesting game uh, as well. And then in 1A, um, talking about uh, the unbeatens, West Branch, 9 0. Um, the Petersons talked about the. Uh, 
Lance Peterson with Mount Vernon. Butch Peterson also 9-0 at West Branch. And, of course, JJ, you'll have a story um, on them, right? Is that something you're working on? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Talk to, to both Petersons. Uh, you know, it's always special when when a father and son can can have uh, undefeated seasons, regular seasons, and, you know, have legit, you know, high aspirations for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, talked to Butch yesterday, and he disclosed that, that he's battling uh, a form of blood cancer, um, which kind of adds even more to this story. And certainly we all want to send our prayers and our very best to Butch. He's as, uh, as good a coach, obviously, as this state's ever seen. Um, no question about that. And, uh, you know, he started chemotherapy yesterday, today's Wednesday, well, Monday, and it's kind of kicking his butt, you said, right now, but his plan is to be out there Friday night and uh, at the game uh, at West Branch. So, uh, again, give our best, Coach Butch. Uh, you know, you got a ton of people behind you, man. And, uh, sure. you know, uh, we'll beat it, right? We'll beat it. So, there you go. Yeah. And – uh, one of the positives, I guess you could say, is uh, West Branch, uh, if they, they keep running the table here, uh, those first two games will be at home, yeah. which has got to be easier. Um, kind of help the situation a little bit uh, if he's able to make it out there and, and stuff. So fingers crossed. Hope, hopefully uh, things go well for, for Coach Peterson there. And, of course, West Branch. Uh, nine and zero opens up uh, with Waterloo Columbus, uh, which finished six and three, or is six and three right now. Um, the other part of that pod, uh, number eight MFL Marmac hosts number ten Dyke New Hartford MFL uh, eight and one, Dyke New Hartford seven and two, uh, Minneapolis uh, eight and one ranked ninth is at Sigourney Kyoto seven and two. Um, and I think that's it for class 1A. In class A, uh, we talked a little bit about Basin City Newman at North Lynn, East Bucket, Albumnet. Um, and that takes care of uh, the Gazette area teams in class A. And then in eight player, uh, Gladbrook, Rhinebeck at Turkey Valley. Um, Central City uh, heads to Waco uh, against the number two Warriors there. Who are 10 and 0, Central City 8 and 1. And then the other part of that, uh, Eastern Valley, uh, number five, 7 and 1, at Montezuma 8 and 2. Um, kind of surprised me that uh, Eastern Valley is on the road at Montezuma, but the way things played out uh, with the, the Braves uh, get a host. Yeah, well, they, they were a district champ. And Eastern Valley, yeah, Eastern Valley was too. So I don't know if that came down to like 17 point rule or uh, alphabet. Or <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm not sure exactly what the uh, criteria was there. Hey, and can uh, we talk about, you know, something we have mentioned all season. Uh, can we talk about how uh, Montezuma has won two games on a uh, last second field goal? Two of them now? An eight player? I, back I believe back. so. Yeah, back to back. So wow. that's uh that's that's something. I mean that's uh that's pretty neat. Um kind of a neat situation. I'm trying to Owen Cook. Owen Cook. 
Owen Cook is our hero. Okay. Uh, so, I think uh, it's, uh, a 46 yarder. Uh, wow. At, at, at wow. Regulation so, to beat so Iowa Valley. Not just the chip shot either. Um, and he made, so he's, made three three field goals he made in, in that game in the win. Uh, what was the final score here? 44-42 over Iowa Valley, including the the kind of walk-off kick. So, Wow. Yeah. We better keep uh, him in mind when it comes time to pick our all-area team. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that's almost a midfield of, kick in, in eight-man. Yep. Yeah. So he's made four out of six, including that 46-yarder. Um this season so uh 50 57 touchbacks for owen cook uh the senior at montezuma so um guys any uh before we get into the survivor pool pick uh thing that i've done uh i did terrible on <laughs> me would be both um any uh any words about uh week nine or that first round or the upcoming uh, round of 16 that you want to sneak in uh, really quick. I w one thought that I had, I went on this tangent obviously last week about the whole uh, schedule thing and in, in 4A specifically when talking about Washington being rated behind Newton and Fort Madison. It was interesting to me how um, it turned out to be, in, you know, it's fairly insignificant, but uh, Jeff, you could probably speak to this better. Fort Madison really dropped in the RPI from at the end of week eight to the end of the regular season down to what? 13, I think something like that when they were definitely in the top 10. Yeah, uh, I think they went, did they go from 10 to 13? No, it might've even been higher than that. Uh, and dropped to 13. It was just, it was kind of interesting to me how i guess at the at the end of the day maybe rpi really you know i should stop bitching about all this kind of stuff so no no it, it worked itself out i think i can't find my 5a right now but um let's see where they end up i'm just gonna say this right now there is no place in sports or logic, <laughs> civility, or uh, level-headedness. So, anyway. They ended up 13. Were they, were they 10, 9 or 10 going into the last game? Definitely up uh, above 10. I was thinking 7, 8, maybe, something like that. Okay. So it was. I thought it was a, a pretty pre precipitous fall, and um, I think Newton went f or either stayed right at eleven or went from ten to eleven. Okay. Yeah, they're they're eleven. Uh, Newton, Newton, Webster City, Fort Madison were all really really close. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. There. Okay. So you're right, guys. You're right, Jeff. All right, you know. I, I am an RPI fan. I am. You are? I am. Okay. I but might be, but I'm going to bitch about anything <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, common sense. There's still got to be a little bit of a formula for common sense. So that's that's it. So, 
Should we move on to the, uh, to the Survivor game? Let's do it. All yeah. right. Jeff, Jeff's in first place, of course. So uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna go in draft order. Pick any area this week. KJ goes first, and then Nathan is second. So I'm like I'm like the LA Clippers or the <laughs> of the I, I I have the most ping pong balls in the hopper. All right, all right. So I'm gonna go four A on this one. Okay. I am taking number nine, Western Dubuque, over number seven, North Scott. Penner and the boys, got you on this one. Make me proud. Have my back because I need it after last week's debacle. Uh, thinking uh, MFL was going to win a close one. All right. Nathan Ford is going to go with Independence over Benton Community. JJ, you're up. Well, I was the idiot who picked an eight-man game last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, or points come in in bushels. Right. So we are all right. Since I'm so far behind, and I gotta, I gotta do something here to to kind of catch up. Well, first thing you gotta do is stay alive. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. That's. Uh, well, that changes things. Um, let's go. I'm going to go uh, West Sioux over Carroll Kemper. Uh, you got to pick an area game there, big guy. Area game? Oh, that's not fair. Cheater! Cheater! Is, is Dubuque area? Probably not, huh? Probably let's not. Go, let's go. Uh, am I stalling enough here? Am I stalling enough? You're let's fine. Go. Let's go uh, Prairie over Linmar. All right. I was actually going to do that one myself, but you know what I'm going to do? I went Wakan over New Hampton last week, and that was 24-22, so I'm sitting pretty good right now. I'm going to go Wakan again. I'm going to go Wakan again over Crestwood. Hey, if it's not broke, don't, don't f try and fix I it. I think right? that's another close one ready to happen. I think that's a good pick. Okay. We'll see. And I just want it stated for the record, if Lindmar wins, the, the Lions, if I'm there covering the game, those were the two that picked Prairie, not me. Save <laughs> your comments for their Twitter feeds. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can run this video back, Lindmar, on uh, you know, Friday night's, you know, team meeting. Oh, yeah. So, all in, all in fun, all in good fun. So, all right. Any any last words before we uh, close down? Who the are you guys covering this week? Oh yeah. Well, I'll start. Uh, I'm going to be out at John Wall Field for uh, Linmar Prairie Do Part Do, and uh, <laughs> I'll have the rematch uh, of the Week Nine game. Kingston for me, Waukee Northwest and Kennedy um, should be interesting. Jeffrey, yeah. what you got? I will be at the state cross country meet at Fort Dodge. I'm looking for possible games to go see in my spare time on Friday night. Beautiful. Uh, I could go up to Humboldt. That's not far away. They play Hampton Dumont. Ooh, that might be a good one. Yeah, it might be. 
Um, let's see. I could go to Pella Christian, South Hamilton. That's not that far. Or I could just stay in the hotel. We'll see. <laughs> That's no fun. Uh, That's no fun. You know, if you stay in the hotel, you could uh, watch some of the live streams that uh, Nathan Ford highlighted in our four downs that you can find at thegazette.com uh, because we talked about our favorite atmospheres uh, to cover a game this year. And uh, Nathan Ford mentioned the fact that uh, so many programs and schools now have really accommodating and uh, accessible live streams to to get games out to people that aren't able to attend. And maybe that's something you can do. Maybe I will. There you maybe go. There you go. All right. JJ, I want to thank you. Uh, you've been out of this world. Get it? <laughs> okay. Uh, He's on a roll today, folks. He's on a roll. I know. I know. Uh, you can follow him at JEJE66. Uh, then Jeff Linder, who's uh, who's a master juggler this time of year, as he mentioned, he's doing the football thing. He's got state cross country next week. Uh, uh, the big uh, state volleyball tournament down in Coralville that uh, you do such a great job with. Uh, you can follow uh, Lindy at JT Linder, as you well know. Uh, at KJ Pilcher. Thank you, Nathan Ford, for all you do. And we'll close it off. Uh, thanks for watching us this week. And make sure you keep your head on a swivel, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.